Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast, where two bit of fun fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condover Kate, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mister Mister Ben Arrington, with a BE, and a uh, semi-regular co-host who has joined us with the beard today, Mister Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello, Mister Tony Stark. <laughs> Sadly, I'm poor. Yeah. Oh, end game spoilers. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. How's everybody doing? Yeah, all good. Always a pleasure for speaking to you, to you guys. Oh, what a, what a kind soul. What a, what a lovely lie to tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beard. It's definitely oh. the beard. What, uh, <laughs> what, what, what's new? What has everybody been up to? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, I've been watching some. I watching lots of films. That's good. <laughs> what? Just hide, hiding from, hiding from the sunshine and watching films. That's... I, I I've just been in the mood to watch some films. You know, you sometimes want to watch the TV show. Sometimes you want to read a book. I just wanted to watch a load of films. What is your average time for putting on a film in an evening? Well, the, there like, it's about an hour and a half to two hours. <laughs> That's the usual that? time. It's about an hour and a half to two hours. That's the usual time <laughs> I spend watching a film. <laughs> what time, though? Would you say, like, eight o'clock? Nine what o'clock? time's too late to start? Oh, okay, it's okay. Well, uh, nine o'clock is pushing it. But I will say, so surprisingly, um, if you get up quite early on a Sunday morning, make a cup of coffee, and watch, like, a horror movie first thing in the morning, it, it's really good. It's like a... It just seems to, I don't know, like cause the, world's, <clears throat> the world asleep, so you're just on your own, you've got your time to yourself, you're kind of you waking up, up, so you're still feeling a little bit in that dreamland. If, if you get scared, you can just look out and it's daylight and there's nothing to fear from daylight apart from in this film today. Exactly. Or it's a weekend one, you can flip to the cartoons or something. Oh, oh yes. I, yeah. did used to, I did used to do that when I was scared. When I was like having nightmares and stuff when I was younger, I used to <clears throat> either watch, try and watch cartoons or like play Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I feel like playing Sonic the Hedgehog just got rid of all my nightmares. So it's fine. Resets you, yeah. 
It resets you, yeah, exactly. See, I'd say nine o'clock is my like average time for, to put on a film. That's yeah. like that's like the golden time because then, by the time the film's ended, I can quite easily go to bed then, depending on what the film is, obviously. But uh, any later than that, and I feel like I'm just in crazy territory. And I do do it quite a lot. Sometimes I find myself putting a film on at 11 o'clock, and that's madness. <laughs> yeah. I did that for Monkey Shines a few weeks back. I was like, oh, shit, I haven't watched it yet. Right, put it on then, 11 yeah. o'clock. And then do you get like, I get like locked in when I'm like, I've got to finish watching it. Even though I can feel my eyes like really heavy, I'm like, I've got to finish, I've got to finish watching it. I can't. If my eyes are starting to go, I'll turn the film off because I feel like I'm not giving it proper attention. You're there, you're there with one eye open going, oh. oh. Yeah. And you always kid yourself. I'll just close one eye yeah. and this one <laughs> yeah. will get a rest. Slap yourself. I've there been known go. to stand if I really need to finish a film or right, I'm so close to the end that if I stop now, I'm not going to finish this. I've been known to stand up for the end. Just stand up in the living room. What, what, t- what time of day did you watch Midsummer? It was about four o'clock. No, six o'clock. But it was like, it's really light at the minute. So yeah, like, I went for a four. Yeah. Mate, you mind that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think mine was about seven. No, seven thirty. Seven thirty. Went yeah. for. You go in, go in when it was bright and sunny, and come out in the deep, gloomy darkness. <laughs> well, the sun, sun, yeah. um, the sun goes down about like ten o'clock at the minute for us here. Yeah, it's freaky, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty. Yeah. Is perpetual daylight something that terrifies you? Mm, no, not really. Does it terrify you? It's a bit scary. Isn't it? I've always been a bit freaked out. <laughs> you know, when you go like, oh, there's some festival in Iceland, music festival, and the sun doesn't really ever go down. I feel like I'd be freaked out. I wouldn't know what was going on. Yeah. Do you do you ever sleep in the day? Do you ever have a, like a midday nap? Yeah. Okay. You'll be fine then. Just, just have fine. plenty of naps. Yeah. Would you rather have perpetual daylight for 30 days or 30 days of night? You don't have to have vampires Daylight. Daylight, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I've got so many questions today. I feel so curious. I'm just like, hey guys, what, <laughs> what do you do with this and this and this? How do you have your tea? No sugar, bit of milk. Same, yeah. same. In fact, I've got a cup of tea with me now. As have I. Made, made to order. Made with those made. exact specifications. Exactly. Me too. That's the way. There's the, there's nothing else because obviously nobody drinks black tea apart from. When your life's gone really wrong and you're like, yeah. oh, I've got no milk, but I really need a tea. I'm going to no. have to sit and drink this. I can do I uh, yeah. black coffee, but black tea, is uh, it, it, there's something wrong. There's something wrong about that. Something wrong with you. Yeah. Um, you got some news, some horror-related news, Ben? I've got some news for us to discuss. I've got three headlines here that I thought maybe we could all chip in with our two cents. Has anybody heard about um, a reboot of Saul? Yes. I have. Who is it again? Is it more comedians? So, starring Chris Rock, allegedly. Or let's say allegedly. I think he's been confirmed. But now, apparently, Samuel Jackson has been attached to yeah. the reboot. And it's it um, t- Darren Lynn Bowsman who's making it, who made the yeah. first one. No, the first. Sorry, the, not the first one. The second two or something like that. And he made a Repo, the genetic opera. Do you ever watch that? Okay. No, I haven't. I've heard of it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Is it too soon for a reboot, or do we feel like this franchise needs Mate, it? Because that last one the... was so so annoying. I didn't it, watch that. It was I, it, it grated against me. I feel like they, obviously doing something different. I think getting Darren Lynn Bowsman back in is a, is a good choice. Um, so I'm up for it. 
I think it's. I'll give it a go. Like Saw for me kind of lost its momentum a few in because at first it was, you know, it it actually felt like it had a lesson and it was like, yeah, you were, you cheat on your benefits or you take loads of drugs. So I'm going to get you and teach you a lesson by about three or four. It was like, hello, detective, whatever you think you should do a really good job as a policeman and you work really hard. I'm going to teach you a lesson about yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're admirable qualities. Like, yeah. Remember that time when you put the cardboard in the plastic? <laughs> you put yeah. the plastic in a cardboard bin. I'm going to teach you a lesson. Oh, I don't even remember doing that. Exactly. <laughs> it's a well-known formula that it's either you've done something bad and now you'll have to do it to survive or you've done something bad and now it will be done to you. It's like, for us, it'd be like, you like talking about movies on a podcast. Now you'll have to talk for your life. Talk for your life. <laughs> It's, this yeah, reminds me of that Simpsons episode, The Tree Has a Horror, where because he eats donuts all the time, they force him to eat all the donuts, and he still wants more at the end. He loves it. Yeah. yeah. He loves it, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I kind of checked out the franchise. I think I've only ever seen the first three, and after the third one, I was a bit like, yeah, I'm kind of done. I didn't watch Jigsaw because I heard bad things. So it seems like a bit... It, I think they need to change up the formula because the formula was incredibly stale was it not mm. like it's a unique thing and it kind of when you say saw you kind of knew know what the beats are but they need to change it up surely because we can't even with chris rock and samuel jackson if it's more of the same shit no i, I feel like so, the fact that they've cast those people and makes me think they've got some idea that's very fresh that's going to be quite plan. different yeah so i don't know what it'll be but yeah, I want to see some like left field, out left field, new saw. Is Tobin Bell still about? How many contingencies has Jigsaw got at this <laughs> yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's literally got a contingency for every. Possible. Probably could have could have cured his terminal illness if he'd gone to hospital more and spent less time building traps and sending <laughs> yeah. cryptic like tape recordings and so on Tobin into Bell. the future. Uh second piece of news so apparently sam raimi has teased the return of the evil death franchise said that they're working on ideas right now as in right this second right okay yeah well um, and i believe if I he's believe listening if he, if he so he's sorry i jumped ahead of, ahead of you what were you saying <laughs> i said something that you're never gonna know now, <laughs> oh no that's the worst <laughs> I, <fucked it> up. <laughs> I hate it I, I think all i said was i think it's gonna be films right they want to do more films it's not like a tv show or okay anything. yeah it's um, not like evil dead directed by sam raimi now so what more bruce campbell well bruce campbell had retired as a as a ash i think if anyone's going to be able to bring him back it's going to be sam raimi right yeah. Uh, why don't you get Fede, Al- Fede Alvarez to do another a sequel to the the remake thing? Like, that was good. I liked that. Yeah, I liked that. that was really good. Let's do a crossover with the sequel to the remake, but Bruce Campbell's in it. They could kind of blend the um, what was the uh, Drag Me Tell uh, demon with the Evil Dead lore a bit because I know they sort of they are there is an Easter egg of Drag Me Tell in yep. uh, Evil Dead, so maybe they could. Bridge that in some way. Potentially, yeah. Um, and it is all about the returning franchises in horror news today, because apparently there's a rumour that Halloween, David Gordon Green is going to return to direct back-to-back sequels. And I also read that those back-to-back sequels are going to be released in the same year, or within the same 12 months. Like Halloween 3 and 4? Well, that... it'll be Halloween 2 and 3, won't it? Oh, well... 
That's confusing because isn't it Halloween? Halloween too. Essentially, right? Oh if, my if god, that's at, a minefield. I mean, there's no there right way to do that. It's a dangerous. It's a minefield. So apparently, it does. It completely usurps or yeah. I mean that word right. It completely gets rid of everything for free onwards, right? Mm. In the main line. Yeah. So it's Halloween. Essentially, it is Halloween free. <laughs> In that, but they'll probably mark it as Halloween too, won't they? Surely. I think yeah, that's weird because that's this Halloween is... 2019 is Halloween as a follow-up from 19, like the original. The yeah, yeah. So I would love it. I'll I'll fully accept this if they do a sequel to the one we saw last Halloween, and then the sequel to that is just a remake of Season of the Witch again with those masks. Yeah. Well, if it comes out in 2020, Halloween 2020. Halloween H2020? 2020 vision. I think <laughs> uh, just call them all Halloween. Just say it's another Halloween and people will go. You I don't mean, need to be... know the sequel. Have you, seen the ha- have you seen the Halloween movie? Yes. Which one? Yes. <laughs> but they should do what like, you know, Fast and Furious do. You've got Fast and the Furious, Furious 5, Fast and the 7, whatever yeah, sort of names they sort yeah, of come together. Ever That's so great. subtly change where you're going to yeah. put a colon or the number. Hobbs and Shaw, they've changed that too now. It's a d- different thing altogether. Let's call it Michael, the return of Michael Myers, Michael the Halloween Man, <coughs> Trick, or, Michael, Trick or Treat, Halloween Edition, Tokyo this, Drift. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween <laughs> Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. Let's call it that. Let's just call it that. Yeah, uh, yeah so that's it. That's the horror news. Okay. Logistics aside, I'm looking forward. I'd watch more of those Halloween movies. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Maybe they'll just call it Halloween something Michael Myers or Halloween. He's back again. Bloody hell. Guess who's back? <laughs> yeah. Or just everything we just said, that's the entire subtitle. Therefore, immediately giving it the record as the longest title ever. Yeah. And everyone will still refer to it as Halloween. So. Yeah. yeah. They can't win. They bloody can't win. <clears throat> So, uh, other news then, uh, we've got some stuffs and guffs that we want to talk about. Have you seen anything? Um, well, I'll try and do one for all of us. Has, has everybody seen some of, or all of, Stranger Things yet? I've seen I've watched of. the first one. Season one three. episode in, Karen's on Nights, so <clears throat> limited time. Uh, when you said Karen's on Nights, then I thought episode one is called Karen's on Nights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's great. You never guess. You never guess what happens. Um, yeah, so I've seen six so far. I have eight. I had a little bit of a that binge. I don't really yeah. do binge, but it's going to be. I think it's the best series so far because really? I think okay. series one was obviously unique. Yeah, it was kind of find, <laughs> finding its feet. Season two kind of tried to tried to be a bit more. It tried to make the world bigger and bring in bring in more characters and make them make them make the sort of the lore sort of link into various different things outside of Hawkins. I think what they did is realize that certain things didn't work in that. So now they've kind of like, you've probably got like three, maybe even four um, storylines that run alongside each other. Um, and it's all, I mean, it's very, obviously, yes, very 80s. I feel like it just, it, it just picks things from different things of 80s pop culture really well, like Terminator, uh, just, just lo- loads of bits. Eleven isn't really like, even though she's a key character, she's not mm. focused on as much as she was in previous series. Yeah. Which I kind of think works because I think, we get it. We understand what Le- Eleven is and what <clears throat> and what she is. Has she got? Has she got another character arc in her? I don't know. I don't know if I want to see one. Like, does anyone want to see one? I feel like a lot of the other characters are far more interesting. 
like Hopper, like uh, Winona Ryder's character, <clears throat> like all the other kids. Yeah. But now I feel like I, I just feel like I feel like it's found its feet now. It really knows like what its niche is, and it's going like, look, we're una- unapologetically super, <laughs> super, super eighties, and we're gonna we're gonna sort of show we wear a heart on our sleeve in, in a way. But yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it so far. A couple more episodes to go, but it is like the, it reminds me of the X Files, but you know, for a younger audience. So I saw um, a picture that said. Stranger Things is just the X Files for fans of the Goonies. It kind of makes sense. Mean, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, good. I'm one of those. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, I, I've I've really enjoyed it so far. And certain certain actors who perhaps had less to do in season two have got like a lot more to do in this season. I think it's better, and the writing just feels a lot better as well. You know, it just feels mm. like it feels a lot better paced, and I feel like I actually care about the characters again. Whereas season two, I really did. Because I think we, well, we did an episode on season two, didn't we, Link? Yeah. And uh, I think come the end of that, I was kind of exhausted <laughs> from it. But now there's been a, obviously a bit of a break before new episodes. I feel ready to be fed more Stranger Things flavoured. You know what? I'm, I'm still a little bit kind of like, I can't be bothered to go back to it yet. I still feel a little bit tired of 80s yeah. stuff. I feel like I need it a little I, bit longer. I think I felt like that because... But because it kind of like I got swept up in the hype of it being released on like Fourth mm. of July and everything, I started watching it, and yeah, it's uh, it's good, yeah. it's good, it's worth going back to. I think if you miss out season three when you've watched the first two, you'd probably be yeah. letting yourself you'd be letting yourself down, Luke. All right, I'll give it, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I'm still <laughs> working through some of the TV shows, so yeah, I'll get to it. Get to it. Yeah. What about anything else? Uh, I saw Spider-Man: Far From Home. Did you see that, Andy? I did. I yeah. did. Yeah, oh, I, I loved it. You know, I enjoyed Andy. it a lot. I said, Andy, did you see it? He did see it. It we... did see it. Oh, made made a mistake. We'll we'll share, I guess, Ben. I'm. I think I recovered quite well, though. Yeah, yeah. So it was like I. I think I. It, it, Andy did kind of kind of spoil like a mid credit sequence for me, but right. he did send me an emoji, and you know, <laughs> make of that what make of that what you will. Uh, <laughs> And I kind of, I kind of got it, but then I kind of thought, oh, what is it? This is it that? And I was questioning, but Andy was pretty good at just saying, well, I can't tell you a thing. But I made a mistake, and I'd seen Ben had reviewed what I thought was the new movie, and I thought he'd given his comments on the new one. Misread the title. He'd actually reviewed the old one in preparation. I was like, oh, mate, this. And he was like, oh, I'm going to see it tomorrow. I was like, fuck. <laughs> it's right, Homecoming. You, you reviewed Homecoming, or? Yeah, so okay, I watched yeah. it like two days before I went yeah, to see yeah, yeah. Uh, Far From Home. I thought Far From Home was great. Um, it's st- it, for me, it's still missing a certain something. Mm. It's missing a certain Spider-Man flavor. I keep describing things like that today, but it's missing a certain something. Maybe it's the tragedy of the character, or maybe it's like the brutal nature of some of the fight sequences. I think that's what's missing. But this was really good, and I think what they did with the threat, threat yeah. was incredibly unique. Uh, and probably like one of the most realised versions of a particular character. Have you seen Spider Verse? Yeah. How did you, how does Spider Verse rate against it? It's difficult to rate them because obviously they're very very different experiences. Yeah. Uh, but they're both fun in their own right, I guess. I guess they're both equally like there's something really fun about Spider Verse, and I think the live action movies have got that fun element as well. Hmm. Like it's it's a fun film, it's a funny film. All of the characters are great. Um, 
but yeah, it's hard to compare them because you know very different the, movies, right? Very different movies. Yeah, yeah, very different movies. But this again, this was great. And even though like you could feel like it's a bit MCU fatigue after Endgame because it kind of feels like oh god, Endgame, Endgame, nearly three hours of that, so many characters. God, do we really want to watch a a solo film with one of these characters? And it's like Spider Man's probably the perfect one. Yeah. That and a little palate cleanser nice little sorbet yeah exactly it kind of it, it brings in the elements of endgame and kind of like sums up some things and maybe maybe fills in some plot holes for you as well where you're thinking well how are they gonna get 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 away with that or how, what does that mean so yeah really good and you know good to see spider-man come up against a threat which was slightly different to just a uh, essentially another superpower superpower guy or mm. someone with some you know very unique especially especially after watching homecoming again i was a bit like michael keaton as vulture is great but i just don't know if i ever felt officially convinced by him as a threat even though like he messes up spider-man a few times i just never really felt convinced but this time i kind of did feel convinced so yeah 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 i look forward to it what about you andy um i've done a little bit of horror catching up i watched a couple of things that have been on my list to catch up on for a while um i watched as above so below okay that was good i, I, I didn't i, I had ago, no but, idea it was yeah. found footage until i yeah. until i actually sat down <laughs> to watch it or you know like a handy cam type yeah. film yeah i um actually really enjoyed it. it goes a bit goes a bit funny towards the end but um there's yeah. some really good bits and it's like really and it's really quite intense, like quite early on, like just when things start to go wrong, um, it's brutal. You mean like the claustrophobic bit? Yeah, the claustrophobia. Yeah. And then when people, um, the bit that got me is, um, slight spoilers for this film, I guess, you know, when the guy who has, uh, it's her original cameraman, the sort of Lara Croft Tomb Raider lady, yeah. her original camera guy, who's had a few attacks of claustrophobia and then he's not very good at the climbing <laughs> and stuff. The bit where he gets just wazzed down that hole um, and that woman comes up behind him and remember. shoves him down. Yeah, it's, um, that had me. We were watching it not on a Sunday morning like we should have, but we were watching it late <laughs> of an evening. It's yeah, spooky. advised yeah. But, yeah. It's um, been years since I saw that, and I, I remember thinking it was surprisingly good. Yeah, I wasn't expecting much out of it at all. And then the other day, on a trip to Swindon, had a quiet evening, and I sat and watched um, It Comes at Night. Okay, yeah. It's a bleak old affair, wasn't it? It was good. <laughs> Very well done, but like I just had to sit quietly for a bit after it was finished. Like, <sighs> ah, there we go. It, it, it was one of those films that didn't protect, protect like from seeing trailers and that you kind of expected it to be one thing, didn't you? And it didn't. No, it didn't really get there, or it didn't. I'm trying to remind myself exactly what the twist is because it's a bit. It's a bit of a twist. Okay. Oh yeah, I guess. Uh, it's not, I wouldn't say it's more such of a twist. More a bit like our revelation. That's a bit. It's a bit sad. This is a bit sad. It's kind, of, it's kind of a bit sad. It's not a, as far as I can tell, maybe I've missed some huge bit of subtext, but it's not really a, a ghoulie or a monster. And you never really get a miss. We never really get a payoff to all the mystery. It's just, yeah. oh, you're all fucked. This is, you get a bit of like horror blue balls from it. Yeah. Not quite. Yeah. Bit of a tease. Let me see something, anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really aching after I finished. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Uh, that's, uh, that's it. Just logging my way through Resident Evil 6 still. It's been a grind. I'm almost there. Oh, wow. Uh, so I caught um, uh, The Perfection on Netflix. I saw 
some people on, on a group talking about it. Have you watched it yet? Have you do you know much about it? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Okay. It's well, a bit, it's a bit Andy, strange, right? have you seen Andy? I don't want to. The perfection, no, yeah, okay. no, so I know very little about it. Won't spoil it because you do kind of have to go in blind. It's um, what I say. So it's about a a, a violin, uh, sorry, cello player, um, and another cello player, and their sort of relationship between each other. It's very twisty and. It's uh, it definitely goes to some weird places. It's, it's not really like believable. <laughs> like you'd watch it, you think that doesn't really make that much sense. But it's a lot of fun. Like it's it's, it's not it's not believable, and nobody seems to act like a like a, a human being would act. No. Nobody like reacts like a human being would act in a particular situation. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird one, and I think it was trying to be a bit of a Black Swan esque sort of. Okay, black black. Swan. Yeah, I've I think it's more tongue in cheek than that, though. It seems a bit more like they understand that it's ludicrous. Do you not think? What was that, sir? They, I've kind of got the impression that the filmmakers understood what they were doing was pretty ludicrous. Like, it, it seemed like they were having a, a bit more fun with it. But Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, sometimes when you're just not in the right frame of mind for something, yeah. I just don't like feeling it. I was a bit like, you know, when you're really cynical and you're watching something. Yeah. You're like going, yeah, <laughs> and you hate I watching. Little, yeah, like yeah. No, I, 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 I think it's worth watching. I think it's the, I don't know if it's like the most. It's, it's fun. It's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a ride for you. It's a All right, fun ride. Give it, give it is it on yeah. Netflix? Shudder? Yeah. Where is it? Uh, Netflix. Yeah, it's Netflix All original. Right. Um, and then I watched the uh, the Headhunter, which was uh. The best way I can describe it, it's like uh, extremely low budget. So it's half the budget of Blair Witch Project. Uh, so it's like micro budget. Uh, and it's almost like uh, a broody, atmospheric Skyrim, a horror movie set within the world of Skyrim. But it's like two locations right. in the woods. But it's like a, um, about a guy who's like a sellsaw, but he only kills monsters. He gets contracts and he goes and kills monsters. Takes the heads um, and then find out that one of these monsters killed his daughter and he, he's sort of <coughs> seeking revenge so he wants a certain head uh, but it's very sort of broody not much action purely because they just didn't have cost too much to, yeah, a, exactly. micro, a micro budget film with monsters I'm assuming yeah <clears throat> so a lot of it sort of happens off camera but they do a lot of stuff for like shadows where like you see stuff but towards the end like you do get more monster stuff um, but then uh, it's uh, I'd like to see I really would like to see it again with like a proper budget because it could be amazing. Yeah. Like the 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 music's great, like the atmosphere's great. It, it all works so well, apart from the fact that they didn't they couldn't show these monster fights. They just have to sort of hint at them. But there's one bit where he looks up and you see the shadow of a dragon fly over his face. And you think that must have taken them like two filmmakers ages to do that shadow. It would have been cool to actually have a <laughs> this over the camera because they got no vision. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's good. I think um, it feels like a, a good demo for what could be a really right. amazingly sort of interesting idea for a film. I'd give that a go. I'd like to see some... It's kind of a cross-genre, isn't it? It's like a horror fantasy, right? So in a, an yeah. imaginary world. All right, I'd be up for that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's gritty. If you just imagine Skyrim, one character, but it's like gritty horror, brooding horror. It's good. Yeah, yeah, and then other than that, it was uh, watched Midsummer, which is today's film. Of course, yeah. Summer. Are we saying Midsummer? Some people are saying Midsummer. 
someone asked me, is it like a remake of Midsummer Night's Dream? Uh, so yes, yes, <laughs> yes yeah, it, is. it is. Yes, it and, is. And uh, John Nettles turns up at the end like uh, like Nick Fury saying there's been a murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, what have you got some a bit of a blurb about it, Ben? Yeah, so Midsummer is a 2019 folk horror film written and directed by Ari Aster and starring Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner, William Jackson Harper and Will Poulter. So it's about a couple travel to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's <clears throat> fabled midsummer festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's got um, it's doing quite well. Front Tomatoes, eighty-three percent. Audience score is only sixty-one percent. So they're not enjoying it as much. IMDb says so seven point eight out of ten. It's um, I don't know. So it's an interesting one. I mean, Hereditary <coughs> was one of our favourite films last year. So I mean, how does it? Were you excited, Ben? Yeah, I was excited. I mean, it's odd to for somebody to like release a film. 12 months after such a big film of theirs, isn't it? I mean, it's not, that's kind of not, I mean, when, who's the last person who did that? Do you think you had a big hit? And then 12 months later, here's another one, mate. Have another one down your neck. Yeah. Do you think, um, do you think they were already making this one? When her yeah. 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 I was looking forward to this quite a lot. It looked very, it looked very unique. It seemed to be like the, the same vibe. Is hereditary, which I think coming out of it, I kind of feel the same. I feel like it's very much the same vibe, yeah. very much the same sort of pacing, similar sort of shots. I mean, already, even though it's Ari Aster's second film, I can already see like little director trademarks. Old that... naked people. Old <laughs> naked people is one of them, yeah. definitely, definitely. But um, like little director trademarks in terms of like different shots and yeah. you know the way <laughs> things are lit, even though this, even though this film's obviously very well lit. By the old sun in the sky, <laughs> it never goes down. <laughs> different tri- I think that makes it sound, sound harder to light because, like, uh, it's um, bleaching everything out constantly. Yeah, but that's kind of it's very stylistic. Yeah, yeah, it's very bleachy. I think yeah. you kind of <clears throat> you kind of become adjusted to to the way this film looks, and I think once you finish watching it and then you see clips of it again, you think, oh my god, it is so bleached out and bright and yeah. it's very. I mean, it, it, it is. The best way to describe this film is like a trip because it's the most trippy. There's so many trippy visuals, but the sun, that bleached out effect as well, just kind of makes you feel like you're just at a festival. Yeah. Not, not a cloud in the sky. And, you know, horrible things are happening. Not less happened than before. Yeah. But, you know. It feels but like yeah. um, it feels like folk horror is like the buzzword at the minute. Like, it feels like a lot of people talking about folk horror, going on about it all the time. Um so I was quite excited to see something that sort of took on that Wicker Man uh, aspect, and it definitely does take on the Wicker Man aspect, maybe to a fault. Um, yeah, I I feel like after seeing the trailers and after seeing a lot of the buzz for this, I kind of thought that it was a folk horror, but perhaps we we're going to see something entirely new yeah. that perhaps we hadn't seen in the folk horror genre before. I don't think it quite achieves that. I think everything that kind of happens is either to be expected or it feels like it's borrowed from something else. That's not to, to this film's detriment at all. I think this film is really good. It's a, I mean, the, the, the whole pacing of it, uh, a lot of the performances, the genuine, again, 
Is this like it's a horror film? Yes, but it's just disturbing more so than yeah, scary as such, isn't it? Because you know, you know, when you get a lot of these new horrors and you see the the buzzwords on the trailers and the, the TV spots where it just says you'll not be able to take your eyes off the screen, you'll be shaking, you'll you'll change your life, all this shit. It's just like a bit of disturbing, isn't it? Really, it's, it's a disturbing watch, and rather than being like holy shit or oh that's terrifying, it's a bit yeah. more like is going on there's like a growing dread about it isn't there like i can tell you that i was sat in the cinema knowing that we were all watching it we were going to get together and talk about it this week i'd say and we'll get into it i guess but the first five or ten minutes of that i was thinking oh shit that we're not going to be able to make light of this very well because this is yeah this is like grim and very triggering for a lot i can imagine this is um you know it's a fairly intense very related to like grief and loss and like horrible things that you know are, uh, that are very difficult to like make light of, but thankfully by the end um, there was uh, there was a little bit more into the realms of ridiculousness. But um, yeah, having not seen Hereditary yet, this was an experience. I've got it on DVD. I bought it. It's on my shelf. Oh, you've but, uh, not seen Hereditary? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I took the pressure off by listening to you guys talk about it. I was like, no, nah, no, it happens. It's, well, it's timing in it. He's, so- he's there. Like Ben was saying, he know he can sort of see the uh, Ariaster um, thing. I think what I really like about his stuff already is that he doesn't mind. Just, it's not like elevated horror; it's like elevated madness. Like it's, he doesn't mind doing like stuff where it feels it gets funny because it's so insane. Like you can't help but sort of laugh at the sort of just the lunacy yeah, of I it. Think, I think yeah. as we discussed before, there were laughs in the cinema when we watched the Red Tree, right? Yeah, yeah, I was laughing in Hereditary. Yeah, so you laugh at the, like the absurd nature of it. Yeah, but like I feel like I felt the same with this one, but like I almost like I didn't want to laugh as yeah. much. But there's it a bit in the like, cinema where everyone was laughing, like howling <laughs> one bit uh, towards the end. But did you get, not get that in your cinema experience? Um, it was pretty empty my cinema screen. To be oh, okay. fair, yeah. We had some laughs in hours. It was um, uh, well. You have to tell us which bit we got that got the biggest laugh in uh, yeah. your crowd. Thing. But <laughs> I think I think Ben's right. You're almost laughing at some bits when things really start like kicking off. You're laughing in almost disbelief. Yeah. Like you know, there there are some bits where it is almost comical. Where we'll get to it later. But you know, when Matey's cupping his balls because he's realised he's running about naked like that. You know. Yeah, but but there's also sometimes you just laugh when some pretty horrific things happen because it's just become so surreal. I think that's the best. That's the closest reaction you can actually generate. Yeah, because it's not it's not really scream horror, is it? Because it's um, I guess the pacing of it. It's not like a even like I don't know how you feel about this. I I kind of even expected more gore because. Mm. When 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 this sort of rating of the film came up at the start, and it's about eighteen, it said, "Yeah, extreme gory, extreme gore." Well, there is a there kind of, is a bit of that, like uh, certain bits, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, definitely. But I kind of expected, I kind of expected a bit more. I don't know. I think Hereditary is a gory film. Hereditary, it's weird, and you've seen this one first because Hereditary definitely has more of the like the genuine scare moments in the sort of. The more traditional horror moments, I guess. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely got some gory bits. But you are right. And all the, a lot of murders, a lot of killings seem to happen sort of off screen as well. Like you just, yeah, just... off screen, or you kind of just see something happen briefly. Yeah. And it doesn't. And there are certain there are certain elements of this film, especially moments from the trailer and stuff, 
I thought would be much more key to to the story and stuff. So there's like a, a disfigured boy yeah. who we who we find out is sort of the product of incestuous relationships within the cult. I thought he was going to be a much more key visual. Yeah. I mean, Boris he's only, he's only in, yeah, Boris is only in it a little bit, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's in it like three Fair times. I, I, <laughs> no, he has uh, got a name. And there's a bit towards the end where he's just sat on a cloud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was pretend, a pretend um, cloud, but it's there. He's just hanging about. Like It was a real his... cloud, I'd be all right. <laughs> they brought it down. <laughs> yeah. um, Ari Aster has described this film as being like a breakup movie rather than a rather than a horror film he said like i think he was going for a breakup and he decided to sort of make a breakup movie which you know um, but not only is it a breakup movie but it's i guess it's a movie about about someone who should have definitely been broken up with yeah like rubbish just like awful relationships really yeah yeah like the worst parts of relationships and i wouldn't necessarily like i know that um the character played by jack rayner so the boyfriend christian christian yeah kind of getting a lot is getting slated for being like oh he's an absolute terrible boyfriend but i think neither of these people i know florent i know um danny has been through like quite a big traumatic event um a terrible event obviously but i don't think either of these people start off or really go much further to be they're not really good people they're not really well any female quality it's like the relationship should have been over but they're yeah. sort of staying together because it's sort of what they think because of the tragedy right that yeah. sort of yeah. Yeah. broken up had the big tragedy not happened early yeah. on so i put here so uh florence Pugh plays uh danny I've not really seen Florence Pugh in much before, but she's pretty great in this. I've put yeah. she nailed the chesty cough. Like she genuinely sounds like she needs a whole soother. Like when she's crying, like that's I, I can't. How do you do that on purpose? That's a that's an action trick. I don't know. Um, Jack Rayner plays Christian. I don't recognise this guy from much myself. He, but... in, he was in Free Fire, which was ah, the okay. yeah, yeah. Um, Ben Wheatley. Wheatley sort of shoot him up in a yeah. uh, in a warehouse film. Yeah. I saw that. He's, uh, this face. <laughs> he's got uh, some great, great use of nostrils in this film. I felt like he really performed. Yeah. Like you saw, they quivered when they meant, were meant to quiver. They yeah. uh, dilated. No matter what substance you put in front of him, whether it's liquid, yeah. whether it's some vapor, he'll ingest it. <laughs> so just, yeah. Have a bit of this down your neck. Oh, yeah. yeah, lovely. No, Have a no. Bit of Oh, no questions have, asked. No yeah. questions asked. Have some of this vapor. Oh, brilliant! Here's a bit of powder. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah, I mean, have a bit. Of this is for your vitality. My vitality, you say? <laughs> yeah. If you went into like a Debenhams where they were like spraying, spraying various perfumes around, he'd be absolutely stinking. Get it in my eyes. Give it here. Yeah, I'll have yeah. that. Oh, I'll be on pit. Go on. He's good at looking absolutely off his face as well. The bit where he's like. Coward at the dinner table, like. Well, it's weird, isn't it? It's like you know when you uh, maybe drank too much in like a. It's like the middle of the day. You've been up for some dinner and you've drank too much, and you know you drank too much. And you don't want anyone to know. Like he's yeah. doing that. He's trying to hide it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, nothing wrong with me. I just, I just fancy being quiet for a bit. It's all right. <laughs> no, no, I'm just gonna have a water this time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I'm just. <laughs> just I'm having a water in a minute. I'm just thirsty at the minute. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> just. <laughs> Were you drinking? 
12 Sambuca shots, Lou. Yeah, yeah. It was a laugh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a laugh. Yeah. Uh, Wilhelm Blomgren plays Pell, who's uh, the guy who takes <laughs> the, the others to the to the festival. Uh, he's he looks he looks uh, Scandinavian, oh, so he does a very good good job of doing that. Um, <laughs> William Jackson Harper, who I know is Chidi from The Good Place. Have you watched The Good Place? Somebody, somebody told me that. Yeah, he's good in it. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he did some good ner- nerding out, I guess. And for he's going there nerding. to do his thesis on yeah. on the sort of the sort of the festival essentially and what it means. Yeah, I liked him. Of all of them, he deserved it the least. He was just trying to get his work done. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. was. What a square! Going to a bloody <laughs> going to a festival and you're working. Just do it. On, <laughs> just do it. You're going to Europe for months, and he was going to go London after that and Germany. Um, he should have just done it on Wikipedia. It'd have been it'd have been <laughs> all right. Copy and paste. Put it in your own words. Just change your word yeah. every now and again. Yeah. Um, and obviously, referencing is fine. Then you're all right. <laughs> uh, Will Poulter. Um, who's kind of becoming a, like a go-to guy for this kind of performance, this sort of um, douchey. Uh, do, yeah, sort of like the fool. Well, he plays the fool in in the ceremony. Here, like he 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 does it really well. So you know, he likes to take drugs, likes to be. He's a bit of a dick, but um, you kind of laugh at him, and he's, uh, we all know we all know a mark. But one question about something to do with this, and I think once we get into the description of it, yeah, of, of the story, I've got one question I really need to ask. And okay. so, just try. If you need to toilet, there, just go, mate. There's a press. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me that there's a pressing question. Okay. Right? All right. What now? Uh, what, what, when do you? Want oh, to... when we get to it. Okay. All right. Yeah. When we when we're talking more about Will Poulter and his love of various things. You okay. have to burst in and be like, "Objection!" Now it's done for my question. Now yeah. it's done for my question. Here it is. Yeah. So I mean, in terms of the plot, it's uh, it's uh, it's quite a long one. It's a two. I think the I think the film was maybe half an hour too long. I think you could have trimmed half an hour from it because it it does seem like Ari Aster likes to really take his time with various things, especially like especially scenes where it's just where it's pretty much just dialogue. Yeah, I feel like. It's one of those. It's one of those things where all of the dialogue is included, even like the the little quiet, thoughtful moments between between dialogue is like are, are left in, and yeah. the moments of unsurety are left in. So that's probably why it's this long, because you know when people are having conversations, it takes bloody ages to get to the point. <laughs> Conversely, yeah. though, he gets um, he mashes through some other stuff at a rocket in pace, and I really enjoyed this. How they transition from apartment to airport to being in yeah. Scandinavia. That was that was they, great. They it was a tour that yeah. you're there. It was like it it was it was insane, you know, just the that fact was that so they, good. Yeah, yeah. I was impressed by that. It's weird because he uh is what a second time filmmaker. He I mean he he's got such a master of the craft. Like he just seems to editing seems to be spot on. Like he seems to be able to pull out certain emotions when he needs to. Um he just seems completely confident in the making of a film. Um, but yeah, like the, the bathroom scene in particular. Um, but I mean, so the film opens, uh, we, well, the first, the first thing is like this, sorry, the first thing is like yeah. this huge sort of artist, this, this huge sort of like painting slash, is it a tapestry or is it like, Tableau? Painting? Is it Tableau? If you can see that again, cause I'm pretty sure it's got the characters on it. Yeah. And it yeah. seems to be 
split into like four sections, um, which, you know, throughout this film, we kind of learn a lot about the four seasons, you know, spring, summer, autumn, winter. There's a lot of stuff to do with the cult that's kind of based around those four seasons. So it looked like it was almost like a pre, a, a sort of just, it, a, it was showing what was going to happen in the film. So. Yeah, I think it's kind of like, uh, all this is inevitable. We already know what's going to happen from the get-go. It's going to end up with people burning. Um, but it's the journey that counts. So um, if we open with... I think we basically got... Uh, Danny is uh, sad because uh, she's trying to get in touch with her sister, but she won't get back to her. She's a bit worried because her sister's a bit off. Um, so she sent like a cryptic email, right? Yeah. Uh, like I'm going and mum and dad are coming with me. So obviously she understands that her... her her sister's got some sort of bipolar uh, mm. condition. She obviously, she, but she does this a lot. Apparently, sends a lot of these cryptic messages. So her boyfriend Christian's a bit on on the phone to Danny, and he's saying like she's done this loads of time before. Don't worry. Yeah, um, I mean, we could sort of we we can kind of sympathise with both sides at this point. I think um, like Dan, I think he obviously wants to break up with a, with a girlfriend. Doesn't want to. Um, he he kind of wants to. Su- her and not let her get sort of pushed around by the by the sister and and sort of pulled into the drama, but well, what can you do? But anyway, so so they so we realise that she has committed suicide, and it's a really sort of brutal scene. Um, it's like a brutal reveal, anyway. Yeah, yeah with the fireman sort of going slowly through the house, and then you kind of see that the suicide has happened. I guess where the sister has done some like plumbing work through the house so the exhaust of the cars from the garage gasses them all to death she's sort of taped the hose from one car to herself and sort of um carbon monoxided her parents in bed with the other what i was going to ask you guys and maybe this is clear somewhere else um is it meant to be that when she said like mom and dad are come with me is is it that she's done that to mom and dad when they were just asleep and has killed them like like a murder or is it that they have They've agreed to do it, and a whole family's abandoned her. What's the what's the oh, take? I, I think that? I think the I don't think they would have committed suicide on purpose. No, um, I, I got I got the idea that it was a it was a murder suicide, wasn't it? So she killed those yeah. two, but she killed herself as well. Um, yeah, so obviously, yeah, we so we do see both sides of the relationship here, don't we? So we see Danny's a bit like, even though she's been with him like four years, she's still kind of like unsure about whether she's being too much or whether she's being too pushy or pushing mm. too many of her problems onto him. So she's sort of like talking to one of her friends. <clears throat> Christian as well is a bit like, you know, she's maybe a bit too clingy. And her friend, his friends are kind of like saying to him, you wanted out of this relationship for a year now. So clearly they both got issues. But then this tragedy, I mean, the first thing I thought was, well, he ain't going to be able to split over now, is he? Yeah. yeah, and it seemed, the... it seemed like he was pretty much intent on on breaking up with her until that until that phone call. Because his friends had sort of talked him round to right one in like uh, well in in both ways like putting pressure on different ways. I think Mark is saying, "Oh, all those other people you can be getting with," because a waitress kind of gives him the eyes in the pizza place that they're in, and they talk about going to going to going to Norway later in the year, and they're like, "Oh, okay." Um, he's sort of getting at him from that angle and then Joseph's like, I need to do your homework, your important homework that you need to do, that I'm doing right now and he's there and he's like, oh, all right. Um, and then of course the, the the phone goes and they don't want to let him answer it but he does and then 
another very rapid scene transition, right? So you hear the phone pick up and you hear the the howling, the crying on the phone, and then it transitions to them being together, right? And they're crying on his lap. Yeah. yeah. I think the audio transitions to the fire uh, engine. The fireman coming in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really well done. Um, so then I think we cut to, I don't know, a few weeks later. She's... Um, well, it seems... It's got to be almost six months, right? Yeah, this first scene's like in the winter because it's snowing, and then as soon as uh, it yeah. cuts, yeah. it's sort of like the summer, yeah. So Because they're going in... <laughs> Middle of middle of summer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So that Danny, Danny and Christian go to a party together, where his friends kind of like basically start talking about this plan that they've got to take a trip to Sweden to go to this festival, and then Danny obviously says, "Well, I didn't know you were doing that," and he's like, "Obviously, Christian's playing dumb. He's a bit like, um, yeah, I told you about it tonight. Oh, I probably won't even go." Uh, I've got my ticket though. <laughs> yeah, he's such a gaslighting motherfucker, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh, now you've had a go at me, so now I feel bad. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go and leave yeah. it. And I can like you, son of a bitch, Christian. It's not. It's not a healthy relationship at all, is it? But they're no. they're clearly are. They're they've got um, frustrations from from both sides with each other, and it does seem like at this point, it seems like looking at this relationship as a relationship where they they're both just kind of in. For the sake of being in a relationship, and they can't really get out of it. No one's got the guts to upset no the other one enough to actually say, "Look, I'm, I'm, I'm done." And I, mm. I, I'm with you. I, I kind of get it that even if you were unhappy, it would be very difficult if someone had had something even half as terrible as what's happened to to yeah. then think, "Oh, and I'm also gonna gonna break up with you." But the, the I guess the counter side to that is that he's a fairly awful boyfriend for the for while he's with her right she doesn't really want to be there yeah and i mean she kind of like does seem to rely on him for you know for for pretty much everything it seems i mean i mean who's to blame her because obviously she has gone through something terrible but then even before this tragedy happened it did seem like she was kind of like that anyway and it would seem like as well that like um almost being with him feeds into the guilt she has about and i'm relying on him too much and So probably makes her, to an extent, more unhappy that she's then feeling guilty about that as well. Yeah, and then we and then there's another scene, obviously not long after this, where we find out that Danny's been invited to the to the midsummer celebration in in Sweden, um, which obviously Christian kind of announces to his friends, and then she's immediately thrust into a situation where she's with them all, and they're like, "Oh no, we don't mind you coming." Oh, of course yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, this is him. This is him. I'm. Sorry, guys, I'm going to come across as very anti-Christian on this one. Not the religion, that's fine. <laughs> Watch your value, please. But um, I think with this one as well, the, I think the attitude he has with um, Danny is kind of passed over. We see in a few ways to other aspects of his life as well. Like he's very, he has a way that he wants things to go to make his life easy, but he's super non-confrontational as well. So you see in the scene where they're back at the house, they're hanging out and doing all their, their coursework together. And then Danny turns up at the door and he's like, Oh, Danny's here. I invited her over. Or while she's coming upstairs, I invited her to Sweden and she said, yes, but she's not going to come. She's not going to come, Yeah, yeah but yeah, she is yeah. going to come. And I've told that I've told that it was your idea that I invited her. So you guys need to agree with that now. Right. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I mean, he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, exactly. He's a dick to his girlfriend. He's a dick to his friends. He's just putting it, making everyone deal with essentially what choices he makes. You know, he kind of puts her in an awkward situation. That sort of feeling of not quite welcome, but sort of wanting to go anyway. But I mean, the friends, 
uh, the uh, current name now. Um, Josh is pretty okay with it. I think he's not going out there to party that much. He's going to do some work. And then what's his name? Seems weirdly happy that she's coming. Pell. Pell, yeah. He's the to bits, isn't he? Yeah. He's... At this point, I kind of thought, oh, he likes her. He's got, he's got him. He's, he, he wants a bit of Danny because mm. um, he sort of says to her as well, "I'm really glad you, really glad you're coming" or something. And it's almost like even at this early stage, you can kind of see that he kind of sees the way Christian treats her and sort of sees it as potentially a problem. And maybe even that Danny deserves better, even though he's friends with him, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, is he friends with him, or is he just wants he just wants to bring them to I the mean, festival? Wants their oh, precious oh. fluids at the at the festival. Yeah, precious fluids. Yeah, uh, but so I think she goes. Is, this is that transition. She goes to the toilet, bish bash bosh, on the plane, on the uh, in Norway. Yep. And then a little, and then some other fancy upside down work as well. Oh um, yeah, I as like we that. drive along, I've been, I've seen a few films that have done the upside down, yeah. trick, and it works really well. It's really disconcerting. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's that. You know, it's not hugely unique, but it just seems really strange, doesn't it? So I think the pace of it as well, the fact that it turns over quite slowly and then stays there for such a long time. <laughs> Yeah, it it sort of builds that disorientation before we move too far away from it as well. The sound work in this early section is pretty good as well. I love the bit where they're at the party and she's clearly yeah. feeling quite insular. So they they kind of muffled the sound like it's through headphones, right? And you can hear people are talking in the background, but you can't pick it out. Very nicely done. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a good, it's a really good way of representing. You know, when you're in a room full of people and you kind of feel a bit like overwhelmed by it or maybe like a bit like you're in your own head rather than in the room. It's yeah. a really good of sort of putting that across. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, when it goes upside down, it makes you feel like you're taking, you're taking a trip into this other strange world. What was and the you're uh, climax? That was the, the, the dance one that did the same thing. So at some point in the film, when it became otherworldly, it went upside down and it, it really sort of makes you feel like you're on a journey to somewhere that's not quite, what we know to be true, like not quite our world. Um, and then, cool. then they stop off at the first point of uh, before they go to the actual festival place, midsummer festival place, and it just seems to be like a little campsite where people take mushrooms and like a drug field, yeah, yeah. So again, there's another bit of um, bad, bad juju from Christian who kind of almost forces Danny into taking something. There's a bit of a there's a bit of a weird way. He's like, I'm going to take it now, and Danny's like, I don't want to. He's like, Well, I'm going to wait for you. And then the friends are like, Well, if we take it now, we we're going to come up at different times. Yeah. And it's almost like again, he coerces Danny again in that non-confrontational way. In all, to... like a very oh, you sure? Like, is this is this your idea? Like, Christian read the book on gaslighting people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope someone gets in with some gaslight a bit later on. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They were introduced to a friend of Bell's who's brought two people, like a couple from London, Simon and Connie. Yeah. Um, they're basically, they're in the same boat as, as all of the American guys. Uh, so they've been invited. So, yeah, so they all take hallucinogens um, and they just kind of, what, sit around? Yeah. And then, yeah, they um, have a... What's his name? Is like... Is it Mark? Yeah, it like, feels like he's going to fall off the world or something. Yeah, so yeah. Everyone to, to lie he's down. Yeah. yeah, this he's is when I knew that it was going to be okay, and there was yeah. going to be there was going to be funny things in there. It's like, what time is it? It's like nine o'clock. So it's not right. It's not right. It's, it's, it's not like yeah, that at all. It's nine thirty, but there's 
you know, the sun's high in the sky. And a new, a, a, another guy starts walking over and he says, there's a new guy walking over. I don't want new people right now. <laughs> yeah. so I'm tripping. For a second, I was like, is that Jim Broadbent that's walking down? He's <laughs> <laughs> Beard. Doesn't he just sort of walk by? Just, just like, yeah. hello. Uh, yeah. Hello. That's yeah. the thing. This is, also, this is what is so disconcerting about it, is that people in the commune, these lovely Swedish people, all seem friendly, happy. Yeah. Nobody seem particularly sinister. Well, they're Nobody all doing take... weird stuff. Like, when, when we later on, we see them all in the big field. Like, you always just turn your head away from the action they were looking at. And then there's some little group of them, like, yeah. doing a weird little dance for no reason, or there's like, some yeah. weird. It, Do you want to understand? Yeah, yeah. And I was. They're... Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say during during Danny's trip, she noticed the, the grass is sort of like going through her hand or growing on her hand. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but the, all the visuals now during the trip were very. The attention to the detail was great because there was this sort of like weird sort of flowing pattern, sort of almost on everything. Yeah. On like the, the branches and everything, and I think that was a really good representation of that. Like when you're in science at school and you put the gas taps on, and yeah. everything's got that kind of wobbly wobbly effect oh, about yeah. it, <laughs> and you feel a bit funny. But yeah, um, yeah I think this uh, reaffirmed my point, especially if you have a um, any kind type of mental like health like problems already. Probably, I would definitely stay off the hallucinogens because she is. It's terrifying, and I think they capture that very well when she's running and she's panicked that the people are laughing at her and yeah. everything's got that ever so slightly because at this stage in the film it's really quite subtle isn't it like you could if it was on the tv and you're walking past you wouldn't notice that it was a bit a bit off mm. but when you're watching it closely you can see that things warp ever so slightly and it's just a little bit hazy yeah. and wobbly very well done again again i think that's uh so in i think arias is quite good at being nuanced and subtle with visuals like there's bits in hereditary where you're looking at a silhouette of something and you really don't know if it's a ghost or a hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
like something or, or just a, a pile of clothes or something. I don't think anyone's ever done quite done it quite as nuanced as him. He's he's very good at just 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 twisting things just slightly to make them quite quite unnerving, quite eerie. He's quite good at like putting things in the very like the very edges of the of the shot or like in the peripherals of something. Yeah. Like you'll be focused on one thing, but then something over here might kind of go like, wait, what was that then? And you kinda of, it's gone before you can kind of yeah. really focus on it. And it's it's that unnerving sense which I think adds to the atmosphere of yeah. this of the film. Yeah. And obviously now it now also is the first time we really see darkness. We see darkness once or twice this is the first time in that where we see darkness where the sun goes down for a couple of hours when oh, Danny and... sleeps. After. And it's quite jarring as well, isn't it? Because she shuts herself in the portal for a second and there's like someone maybe behind her for a minute in the dark. And then when yeah. it goes from such a bright location to being so, so dark, it's, mm. yeah, it's really, it's probably one of the few scenes of darkness in the film, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so she has a bad trip, wakes up, and then they go into the next. They they take a wander into the actual festival grounds where it's Seems all. Like, so it's like heaven. It's yeah, heavenly. Yeah, it's it? idyllic. If you're right there in real yeah. life. You'd be like, "This is amazing. I want to. I want to live here." Yeah, it's, the... it's like a yogurt advert. Like someone selling <laughs> coconut flavored <laughs> yogurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nicole Scherzinger's got someone and knows. Oh, you idiot! What are you doing? Exactly, you're spoiling yeah. the atmos. Someone's running around with some jam. It's amazing. Uh, and then, like, they they kind of tour around this place. Uh, everyone's hugging each other. And they they all, when the festival people they come. Um, what do you call them? The, the, the tribe people. The elders. The elders. Yeah. They all kind of hold yeah. each other like in a really sort of we are one person sort of way. Before like, they. I'm gonna kiss you. That's what they hold you. I'm like, gonna I'm either kiss you yeah, or head you. Put their, they yeah. put their like their hands on the back of their heads, and it's like. You're gonna force a snog on him in a second. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ingvar hasn't asked for this. Yeah. Pella um, seems to like like everyone's his family. Um, yeah, he describes everyone as brothers and sisters and his twin, right? The girl that was born on the same day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they take they take him around the more of the fields. There's a there's a giant yellow prism shaped church where he says no one's allowed there. Uh, don't go there. And then they go to. Uh, there's a bear, and he just randomly says that's a bear, and then they just they don't even talk about it again. There's there's yeah. a good little Very gag, page. good little gag with uh, what are you called Simon and Connie, uh, when he said Ingmar met us in London, uh, he's gonna he's gonna officiate our wedding, and everyone goes really. He goes no. It's very dry, <laughs> and then we carry on. Yeah. Says, yeah, I was dating her before. Like, well, you're dating me before. We went on a, we went on a date, and I didn't even realize it was a date. He's yeah, like, yeah. Well, you know. One of so we things. decided to be friends uh, mutually, and then yeah. <laughs> and then you guys started going out. Yeah, I think he's a bit sore about that old Ingvar. Yeah. Um. So. I, I, I mean, I've got my question. Here's my question. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> question. People end up like with pints of beer. Where's the bar in this ancient <laughs> commune? People Did you not see the um... beer in plastic, what in the... plastic pint glasses? What's the festival? You know, the Danla, there's like you know Danla festival. They have like a pop-up Foster's tent at the back. Did you not see that? <laughs> Tuborg. They're selling Tuborg. <laughs> Why is that never touched upon? Why doesn't anyone go look? Yeah, we have got. A I think it, I bet it's cider. I bet it because they must have like cider presses and just big kegs of it somewhere. Or it's weird. It, I mean, it added to the this is a festival yeah. type of vibe for me, yeah. definitely. But at the same time, it felt a bit out of place considering it feels like a yogurt advert and people are coming back. 
with six pound points of Tuborg. Yeah. Maybe it's gone full festival and even more so than the blow up Foster's tent. They've got the, you know, when sometimes you can't be asked to even go and find a bar and there's just someone with a huge backpack of beer and yeah. those little cups that are going around. They're just, yeah. they're just topping you off. That are premium, maybe. of course. Yes, that are premium. So, so yeah, they, they get put into this sort of like bunk room as well, which is pretty. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, sort of like blue, lo- loads of sort of like drawings and letterings and runes and stuff all over the place, floral stuff. Um, but they all sort of like share share a room when they sleep with loads of other people from the from the commune, including like babies and shit. Yeah, with you think yeah. statistically those babies should have slept well at least once. Yeah, yeah, they're crying. So they're, cr- they're crying all the time. I reckon they do it on purpose. Give them more comfortable beds, and they've got the runes over the walls, like you say. So, and they start to hint at this point that they might be well, certainly the guys believe in them being magic, right? They show the kids learning all their runes at school, learning their dragon shouts to be in Skyrim, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, they say it's they they sell um, they they export stuff from this commune, don't they? So, they think alternative medicines. Cider, yeah. wheat, and various stuff. drugs. Uh, so it's it's either the next morning or at some point where they go, they sit on this table. These scenes are so long, they're so drawn out. I mean, it, it kind of works, but they're all sitting on the table. They've got to wait for someone to feel feel the time right to sit down and eat, and then they all sort of it's like a domino effect when you all sit yeah. down to eat these weird uh, foods. Just, be- just before this, that Pella sort of says that there's going to be a Atastupa ritual tomorrow, which um. Josh seems to know what it is, and he yeah. won't sort of tell anybody. Yeah, is oh, that what's this? Is that? Yeah, well, you'll find out. Is it scary? Well, yeah, it might be. Yeah. Um, but if he knew exactly what was going to happen, or if he knew what almost what it was going to be, uh, well, we, he was pretty shocked when it actually happened, wasn't it? So I don't, I don't yeah. know if he completely knew. Well, he just thought it was a laugh. That yeah. fella was having a laugh. Yeah. He goes, "That's yeah. a stupid ritual." You, yeah. you understand with Pell, he's got a, um, you know, he's got an ulterior motive. But you'd think if anyone else had the slightest inkling of what was going to happen, maybe you'd tell the girl that, um, you know, whose his family had died in a terrible, terrible yeah. way. You might want to, you might want to sit this one out. But, but until that point, everyone's been super accommodating because they've been to like a little um, TED talk at the, um, at like the Maypole first, and the lady was speaking in the local language before going, oh, I'm neglecting our English friends at the back there. What I'm saying is this, like the announcements on a plane. Yeah. Do them in another, another language for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so the attitude uh, ritual, they take the old bogies on these chairs for like a, a nice little goodbye ride. So they have they the lamp. They have the lamp. <laughs> okay, yeah. And they seem to enjoy that. They do some, ha, 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 ha. Like yeah, you're a lot of Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had an airwaves uh, chewing gum. <laughs> Do that every time I have an airwaves. <gasps> so Pella, Pella describes to everyone as well that they could, the commune kind of look at look at life in four different seasons. So from like however zero to eighteen is like spring, eighteen to thirty six or something like that is summer, where you you go on a pilgrimage, pilgrimage hang out. Yeah. Uh, and autumn is coming up to fifty-four. Wait, do you and work up until seventy-two? Is like you're the, the, living out the rest of your days. I think you're teaching. And then then, aren't Dan, you? Yeah. Dan sort of says, "Yeah, teaching." That's it. Danny sort of says, "Well, what happens at 72 And then Pella just goes, 
Yeah. But no, he, I... <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> yeah. I actually do mean that. Yeah. So these two, this bit, I remember I went to watch this with Dan, um, with Daniel Wilcox, and we were both, when this bit happened, looked at each other like, holy shit. <laughs> I wasn't expecting <laughs> it to be quite as, uh, I don't know, you kind of you expect it to happen, but it looks, it's, it's very uncertain. It's very not. It's not dressed up in any way. Like they go to the top of the cliff thing, they jump off the <laughs> cliff thing. Like that's that's all that happens, and it, it it's as brutal as that sounds. It looks, and we see it from a really long, sort of really wide shot. So we just yeah. see them landing splat, and it looks kind of like you would expect that. Yeah, look. it's really. I think he doesn't dramatize it. It's not like a spoil this for game where you're sort of beautifully posed. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. It's it's pretty visceral, brutal stuff, right? That the, you... the woman smashes her face, Go and the face comes off, and she sort of she's dead within like instantly. I think when the yeah, guy did, did it, why does right. the guy jump like this? Is there some purpose? There's like he a jumped, pencil jump, doesn't he? Like he somebody can't be can't like dive yeah. like into a swimming pool, <laughs> and, his leg, and his legs are fucked. So yeah, this is pretty brutal, and obviously yeah. then. The woman's got the right idea. You want to go if you if you if your purpose is to jump off and do yourself in, you've got a proper Lara Croft swan dive off it, haven't you? You've got to you got to go for it. it. Basically, he bottled it. He went, oh, I can't do that. Feet first, yeah. But then obviously he's in agony, and then he gets malleted in the face um, several few, times. Yeah, several times by various members of the cult. Um, who just mallet this, and this is pretty brutal. We see a nice big close up of this happening. You know. In slow motion, a skull getting split in half. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. very nice. So our, our English and American friends freak freak the hell out. Um, I think it's only uh, what's his name, Josh Christian. Christian. Uh, it's only Christian and uh, Jack who don't aren't that. I mean, they're bothered, but not too bothered. Yeah, sort like, of like markers. He's hungover or tired, so he has, has slept through the whole thing. Yeah, he went and have a look, Kip, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. Josh is kind of... Um, I think he's more detached to it. He, said, he looks a bit, like, shocked he covers his mouth, but we're either led to think that he either kn- knew and had some type of expectation of this, or he is approaching this from, like, the detached point of view as, a, of, of like, a scientist... Christian's yeah. a douchebag. Um, so one, and, so yeah. one, of the, one of the elders does to, sort of try and stop. Is it Danny and someone else to try and explain to them this is our way of life? We've been and it's the English guys. They really kick off, right? Because they try and stop the they try and stop the man jumping. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, uh, really, give yourself. It would be annoying if someone was shouting, "Don't bloody do it!" Who are you? <laughs> it's weird. Maybe that's why he bottles the jump. They were yeah. saying, <laughs> they were saying like it's um, they die and then the 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 baby. Takes on the name, and it's like a, they believe in the rebirth. Uh, I mean, so in a way, I think I'd be a bit like Josh. I, like it's horrific, but I would understand if it's someone else's belief. Who am I to say that that's definitely not what happens? Yeah. Or you're also a writer that you could give them some new names, and then they wouldn't <laughs> need to. Say, well, Luke, that's is anyone here called Luke? You can have that. Um... Yeah. <laughs> this just makes some more names. That's definitely <laughs> solve this problem. Yeah. <laughs> So obviously everybody finds it disturbing, but the American group decide they're still going to stay. But Simon and Connie are sort of convinced that they're going to leave. They want to leave. And then this is obviously a bit weird. This is where you start to think, yeah, someone, someone's a bit stinkier. Yeah. Someone's a bit stinkier. <laughs> where obviously one of the elders just comes up to Connie and says, Simon's got in the van and he's gone to the train station without you. And she's like, well, why would he go without me? 
And he's like, well, there's only one seat, so they're going to come straight back and get you. It's fine. Yeah. You'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> I'm running well, immediately into the yeah. woods. Sorry that, sorry that my boyfriend's been... I wonder why you'd allow yourself to be separated in the first place. Hypothetically, in that scenario, you, needed yeah. a poop. you, and, you and your partner are about <laughs> to run away from a place where things are clearly not all as they seem. Yeah. And everyone's... Also, you've committed to go there for like a month or whatever. There's not that much to do. Well, he was like, was... "Okay, we'll head off, but I'll get a couple of drinks to go." Like he went yeah. to the bar. Okay, He's gone to the inflatable Foster's tent. And he's going, All right, I'll go and get that. I'll go and get the bags. Yeah. Uh, but so um, the guy uh, Jim Broadbent is explaining that yeah, Simon's gone, and she's kind of freaking out to him, pretty much about to slap him in the face, and then she walks off, and he just kind of like. Just kind of whistles off <laughs> as if it's just all part of the all part of the plan. Um, we don't see what happens to Simon until much much later. Connie, um, I don't think we see what happens to her. We I just think hear a she's scream. one of those people um, at the end. But the best we get as an explanation is the next day at some meal that happens in daylight. Yeah, we just get a tiny bit of confirmation where literally a guy um, Joe exposition just goes, oh. Allow me to explain what happened. She went to the train station. Um, a boyfriend was already there. They said, sorry, they couldn't say goodbye, but never try and contact them again. They're fine, I guess. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> now that that's cleared up. They for giving a lift to the train station. But then yeah. Mark sort of confirmed later that he saw her practicing her like running technique towards the woods or something. He said he just randomly saw that. So obviously she was running from something. They're probably hmm. cult people on the uh, around the perimeter of yeah. this place, so nowhere to go. Yeah. So next, next up, we get Christian doing another bit of classic gaslighting, <laughs> which is when he basically <laughs> said, "Gosh, look, I'm going to do my thesis on exactly the same thing as you. I hope you don't mind. Maybe we could work together. Actually, yeah. I'd be happy with that if we worked together." And Josh is pissed. Yeah. Um, Everyone knows a if it, like everyone listening. If you don't know a Christian in your group of friends, it's you. It's you. <laughs> sort yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. So he's obviously been a bit of a dick, and then these two are sort of seen going around and getting various bits of information from various cult members. Well, not cult members at this stage. We don't call it a cult, just a commune. They get um, they get special permission from from Pal Pal right. He's like I, oh, and he's again Christian before he's brought it up with Josh has already asked first. So then he goes, well, I did ask permission first from um, from the person who gets to say whether I get to do the homework or not. So yeah. now you have to share with me because mom and dad say. Yeah. Is he, that's um, much, yeah. I think that's the point where we get introduced to the unclouded forest, right? They, they, yeah. They allow um, me to look at the big book they've got there. Yeah, and um, one of the one of the elders explains to Josh. I think they're all doing. They're having like a research day, aren't they? Yeah. Where um, Christian is finding out that incest is a, is for, is something they frown upon. So sometimes yeah. they invite outsiders in to um, to make sure that and for a small community they don't get too much inbreeding. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. on the other hand, Josh is having a chat with one of the elders, and. Um, <coughs> He has said that um, when you need a Boris, you need someone who is unclouded, un- unclouded by regular cognition, yeah. so they can interpret the holy, the message and the will of the gods into their into their book. Um, so basically, there is a 
boy Boris is a yeah. is a child who he's kind of like maybe a teenager or a young adult maybe who mm. has some yeah. some some mental disability yeah. and as a result he is thought to be unclouded so he does his his drawings he um you know does some <laughs> art and then the elders look at his art and interpret the message um so yeah does that invite maybe there's a bit of corruption oh that that picture he's done of those people in a field i reckon that means kill outsiders <laughs> yeah give jim broadbent all the cider well that's his uh, unclouded vision <laughs> yeah oh. so yeah and then we sort of look at this well then what happens i think they're having another meal now and then they've all had too much cider they've all had a few pints and then mark walks over and pisses on like a fallen tree. A holy a, tree. Where... Which is a holy ancestral tree, which obviously one of the one of the commune dudes kicks off big time about, calls him a dick to put his ugly little dick away. And moments um, earlier, he he has seen them, like shoveling the ashes of the people that <laughs> sacrificed themselves yeah. on that tree. Like, I know he didn't know, but the clues might have been there. Yeah, and also, yeah. I think that's pretty close to where everyone was. I'd go a bit further away. And they must have toilets. They must have like some portaloos on site, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, it's just, I mean, having an inflatable bar, there'll be a whole, a whole line of them. You know, those big green ones you get at a festival. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah that happens, and then not, not long after, and during that meal, he kind of gets lured away by a female member of the commune who. We've seen this a couple of times, right? I think we've missed a little bit of another tapestry a little bit earlier on, but there's a couple of people after the talk about the getting outsiders to breed. There is one girl who's been making eyes at Mark, you know, subtly yeah. in a couple of scenes, like she'll come out and just have a little cheeky wave at him. And then for Christian, there is a there is a redheaded girl who is um, another member of the commune who is fully staring at him all the yeah. time. And we've seen a little tapestry earlier on where we've seen a story of tap-astry. a girl. They call it yeah, a it is a tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> they call it a love a love story. They say, "Oh, yeah. you see this a love story." That is, yeah. And, it looks and like it's like fun. a girl, a boy. Uh, there's a boy who doesn't love this girl, so she does what anyone, any normal person would do to attract someone who hasn't immediately fallen for them. What you want to do is, you want to get a little bit of your menstrual blood and whack that in his lemonade, and then you want to get a little bit of your pubes and whack it in his pie. His eyes will go wibbly wobbly, and he will be <laughs> well into wobbly. it. Yeah, he'll be yours. That was um, that uh, the menstrual blood in the, in the juice was kind of subtly, sort of like we, it was only his orange juice that was slightly red. <laughs> <laughs> only his was only his was a blood orange. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I asked. Uh, why don't we lemonade? I've got iron brew. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. um, I'll have a sprite. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, he bites the pie. He gets a, a pube stuck in his tooth, yeah. which uh, happens to us all, and then. Um, yeah, so Mark also the, the earlier they're dancing around, and um, Pele says, um, "Oh, they're playing Skin the Fool." Um, who we Mark gets lured away, and I think the idea, the sort of the precursor there is that Mark is the fool, but we don't. Again, we don't see what happened to him. Really, it's just sort of it's sort of hinted. I'd entirely forgotten that earlier in Innocent Dancing they say they're playing a game of Skin the Fool, and then yeah. later uh, someone who is quite foolish <laughs> so, we, is, is allegedly skinned so um, yeah. yeah it's funny how what they do as children's games as they are 
kind of indoctrinating the young people into this um into their way of life i guess becomes what is the the serious murder business when you're when you're a bit older so you're right mark has been led away because he's had a pube in his pie um christian has immediately downed his blood juice because he's got to wash the taste of hair out of his mouth yeah um and then things are things are looking a bit um things are looking a bit awry right so right now they go to bed and there's just the the three of them danny all this time has been continually gaslit by christian um pal has had a couple of um pal sorry has had a couple of conversations with her where he's kind of escalating their relationship right he's the only one that remembered her birthday yeah. and has like said oh uh, I've, I've done you this amazing picture for your for your birthday oh christian's forgotten and this is this is my question guys when danny kind of makes excuses for christian quite a bit and in and the bitches oh i'm 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 sure it's no. I'm sure it's no problem. I'm sure it's no problem. Then Pell does tell Christian, and then when they're having a conversation about it, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, baby. Like I've got you a piece of cake, and I'm going to sing you happy birthday." You didn't think I'd forget? Like I did forget a little bit, but I thought it was yesterday, and I was like, "That's worse." I thought <laughs> birthday was yesterday. That, that's not. That, that means that means you've definitely forgotten. If it, you've been like, "Oh shit, sorry, I thought it was tomorrow," because the sun never goes down. It's yeah, because be like, if he oh, thought it was the day before, he was, he'd be like, he knows it was yesterday, but just wasn't, couldn't be bothered to say anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I was baking this cake. Oh, but of course, America, where where we live, time difference. Yeah. Uh, so, well, that night, uh, uh, I get the names mixed up. Uh, Josh, Joshua. Josh. He, he sneaks into the, uh, he's been told he's not allowed to take photographs of the, the colouring book. Uh, but he he goes anyway. He's taking some snaps of uh, Stickman and and whatever's in the book, uh, and then he turns around, shocked to see that Mark is standing there with his lamb out, uh, and then he gets hammered on the head. And then Mark, as he's sort of, do we groaning, see who hammered the head? No, I don't think so. I didn't anyway. Just um, gets bonked on the noggin, doesn't he? And he's he's right. He, he gets a little gash across the back of his head. Yeah, but. I see. Is it is it Boris that's wearing Mark's face? I don't know. I don't think so. No, I wasn't sure. I didn't think. I thought it was initially, but then I don't think it was. Yeah. Um, so again, are we wearing Mark's skinned face? This is obviously proper leather face. Yes. Yeah. Proper leather face at this moment, which was pretty scary. Uh, yeah, and then Josh gets dragged away. So yeah, dead. So now we're just down to the British couple have disappeared. All their friends have disappeared. It's kind of just um, Christian and Danny left, right? And we begin with a little announcement over breakfast. Oh, we're sorry to say that the the sacred book has gone missing. Like volume volume nine has gone missing. Um, now smash it! If, now, now. if, if, yeah. if anyone, if anyone, they do the thing like the school thing again. It's like, no one's going to be angry. We just do want it back though. So no one's going to be in the the library um for the afternoon i was going to be watching it so if you just put it back in there say no more about it but do yeah. i assume that the book hasn't really gone missing it's just to sell the fact to our remaining people that maybe yeah. josh has run away with the book right yeah yeah, yeah i think yeah. because they're, and, they're running out of excuses to explain why people have disappeared at this point aren't they like where have they gone what have they gone home where's he gone well he stole the book and he ran away where's your other mate uh he's oh he's yeah, he's he's just with that girl still. Or oh, he said he's going to get some some smokes, so he'll be back in 
Gonna get some smokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be back soon. <laughs> no one cares about Mark. He's an idiot. Oh, he's probably pissing on a tree somewhere. Yeah. Um, so there's like a so there's like a dancing competition now where Danny get Danny's Danny's all dolled up to look the same as everybody else in the white robes and the flower crown. Um, and she's she drinks something which I what is it sambuca? <laughs> yeah, it's a... that's a little bit of uh, that's, a, that's a little bit of squash. Bit of squash, yeah. yeah. She's um, oh, this is you have to look at you have to look that lady in the eyes while you take it, and then she's like, oh, what is it? And she goes, oh, it's a uh, squash. Uh, uh, it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, then the maypole dancing competition where loads of the girls from the commune are running around and sort of at every you know few minutes or. Or however long it is, she's really hallucinating now, don't she? I think is this when like the flowers are like winking at her, like that's a little bit later when she gets the crown on. Things are a bit wibbly wobbly though, and she's talking in Norwegian. Yeah, Yeah. just randomly starts talking Norwegian. I I understand what you're saying, Norwegian, Sweden. But in reality, she's like her boo boo boo. They're like, yeah. She's watched an episode of Pingu in a time. She knows (laughs) just. So while this is happening, Christian's milling about and he's basically just getting drugged left, right and centre. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Out. There's a great yeah, bit where so- she's like, here, drink this. And he goes, uh, what is it? Why, it would lower your inhibitions and make you more open to uh, to influence. And he's like, no, I don't really want it. No, you should you should definitely have it. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. want to have a bad <laughs> She literally says it will it will take away your defences. Yeah, like, yeah. Someone says that to me. I'd be like, you know what I am a big fan of probably <laughs> top three my defenses love them yeah and what's and what's the thing keeps looking at him like she like she wants to eat him like yeah. she's looking at him like, like he's a steamed ham like in the cartoon <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah she is and she's been she's already been fairly intensely glaring at him yeah for for the entire movie yeah Can you imagine if this was it's probably why they had to get rid of the English couple. Because imagine if you had like a, if this was the other way around and it was we've already seen the English couple a bit more fiery. Can you imagine how Connie would have um, reacted had um, had her boyfriend had like that girl blatantly staring at him the whole time? She'd have kicked off. So also, so uh, I mean, it's kind of date rapey, isn't it? That they're sort of drugging him to force him to do something. But then I'm thinking. But it's not. I don't know if it's necessarily. That he doesn't want to do it. He he seems kind of up for the idea of. Yeah, he's he looking. He's like, looking for the excuse, right? Because Christian's yeah. no good. Yeah, he's always like, "Oh bloody hell, if, I, if I must." He's, yeah. he's, that's bad, dude, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, so obviously Danny wins the maypole dancing competition as various people just like they kind of just run into each other and then fall over and then there's like, it's like oh, Beyblade. Right. It's like playing Beyblades. It's like Beyblade, yeah. yeah. And she wins, and I guess she's a bit shocked, or she's a bit confused. Like, have I won? What's going on? Yeah. Everyone gathers around her, puts her, puts there's a big old flower crown on her head. And this is where it's winking. So yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the the flowers are like gaping and winking all over the place now because the the hallucinations have pretty much gone to the the max, and they're both absolutely tripping balls. So she has a big old flower of winky, a uh, big old crown of winky flowers. And they sit for a big dinner, a bit like when the people who were about to go and jump off um, the cliffs were. But now she is the guest of honor. They all sit down yeah. when she's sitting down. And Christian, now off his tits and like hunched into like a little ball, just comes and sits at an empty space like a golem. Yeah, yeah and, and he says to an old dude next to him, 
um, who looks like the uh, the organizer of Glastonbury. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Michael Evis, and he goes, Oh, what's going on? I feel fucked. And he gives him a thunderclap. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he gives him like an incredible Hulk clap that like yeah. shatters reality. And he's just like, <gasps> he, goes, he goes, Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so oh, I'm, having, I'm having a bad I'm having a white, I'm having a white year. Um, <laughs> and then Danny, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> He's done. He needs he needs no more cider. They've, they've given him the snake bite, that's what they've done. They've mixed <laughs> the cider and the lager together in the Foster's tent, and now he's drunk that up. He's like, Oh no. I've mixed grape and grain. Yeah. It's not like he might be having a stroke. Um yeah. I thought he was he was sat in such a way at one point. I thought um, old redhead was under the table trying to give him a bit of the old do 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 because he was like going you know, oh <laughs> she's trying to me. raise the dragon sword <laughs> slurping him off. Yeah. Um, so Danny goes off to do like a little sort of ritual thing yeah. where she buries some some, some uh, meat and yeah. Uh, first they have a fun little game. That's another that's another nice bit after all the murders. Like you've got to try and eat this herring and they're like oh yeah. Oh, they get a massive great old dirty went, fish oh well done oh, they're, they're, they're so nice about it they're like oh you tried really hard honestly that was that was brilliant thanks for thanks for trying and because you tried so hard I'm sure our crops will be great and I'm like maybe this is just a nice thing and those people really have just gone home and after yeah. after he goes off to do that the most unsubtle come and fuck this woman thing. They, they literally like, make a, a tart, like a tab the subtle way doesn't work in there because when he's mashed up at the table she like walks and goes come on come yeah. come, come with me there and he's like oh, <laughs> I'm fucked up I can't I'm on the right hand side yeah. <laughs> that old man's just clapped in my face I don't know which way he's up I've got to sit here for the go we'll make a path of flowers and he'll, and he'll come along and he does he goes in and the, the people in cult dress really escalate now because they've got face veils like um uh, like fences and everything and he dips in there and this is where the guy goes um yeah i'll have a have a have a vape on this it's for your vitality and he um makes vapor rub in hot water <laughs> he gives it it's a clear you're right out. and he goes fuck it out he's like, he is off his tip if he was like nine out of ten off his tip he is ten out of ten now and then he's got and then he performs sexual intercourse yeah. straight away because he's got it because because he's got the, the the juice for his vitality um oh, the yeah. actor that plays christian here does some excellent eye acting because he has like little pinpoint pupils and he's like <laughs> looking from side <laughs> to side and he's all sorts and he opens a big door and there are literally a lot of the any of the women who aren't the young women that are away with danny um doing a song over the the you know, for the blessing of the crops, um, all of the elder women. I guess these are the the women of like working age. Yeah. Um, you know, so the people between their mid thirties and the fifties and the the sixties and so on, they're all in there, all all naked, standing around um, yeah. the girl that's been giving him eyes all the time on like a in like a circle of flowers. Um, the subtlety's gone out the window now because she's literally around loads of naked people pointing at her saying have sex with this girl while she says 
do you want to have sex with me now? And as you've mentioned, this guy is high as a kite. So being a bad boyfriend as he is, Christian's like, might as what? well. He's been stripped naked at some point as well, right? He's in a he's in like a robe and they just go, I love that. Yeah, and he's yeah. there as well. It's quite and an he... amazing moment here where, I mean, it's weird anyway. But then like the the girl, it's just like she's a, the, the meat on a, a salad on the floor. Um, and they say like get on that and they, they they start they let him do his thing and then they start they kind of experience everything as one so when she starts going starts groaning they all start groaning and that's kind of weird and then it goes it just keeps escalating the weirdness factor uh, one lady holds the girl's hand and then starts looking at him in the eyes starts like singing in his face go on that's it <laughs> that's how you do it and then before you know it the that like the another lady's behind him, literally like pushing his bum up and down. Yeah. <laughs> this is how so you do it. The bit, the bit, the big laugh out loud moment in our cinema was the first moment where she she was holding Arya's hand, whatever her name is, and she just starts singing, and Christian's face looking up, surprised at this yeah. woman singing <laughs> in his face. <laughs> and he goes, "Well, I've just come." Yeah. <laughs> He's probably thinking, bearing in mind, without the without the drugs in him, this and anything. He's probably thinking. If he's got anything about him still, any self-consciousness, if he's got any defences left, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to perform here, you know? Yeah. This is a this is a very un- unsettling situation. He's probably thinking this would be a good story to tell the lads. Okay, when I get back, yeah, I'll write then, a blog post. So obviously, Danny arrives back and... They're it's trying one to of those sex away. noises. Yeah, it was one of those <laughs> sex noises. Yeah, she nothing. wants to have a look. They're trying to keep her away from there, but she goes and has a little peep through the keyhole and sees. They don't try very hard, do they? They're like, oh, you mustn't go in there, but we'll... I mean, I'm not going to physically stop you. Come on. She sees it, and obviously she screams, and she's devastated, and she sort of runs back to the sort of bunkhouse and has what... Is it like a meltdown or some sort she's of... She's having like another panic attack and yeah. another... You know, we've seen her... It's, a few times in the film you've seen her get incredibly upset where she physically sort of wails and wheezes and it's it's like the most extreme version of this but except this time all of the other women go along with her and they kind of in a scene mirroring what's happening next door with Christian they kind of experience her um her upset with her as well. And we've seen this earlier on as well. When the old man has jumped off the cliff and he's smashed his legs and he's screaming in pain, the people who've all been silent while the lady jumped off and died instantly all start like screaming and getting really agitated. So they're kind of it's almost like going they, they through that sort pain of absorb some of the the pain from them to try and well I think that's that's what they sort of believe. Later on I kind of think we realise that it's all kind of bullshit. But they 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 sort of Taking away some of the pain, easing the pain a little bit by taking a bit of it on themselves. Yeah, kind of, maybe they were mocking her, but then as it carried on, I thought, oh wait, they're actually trying to. I don't know. Yeah. Almost and they turn that into kind of a song as well, don't they? Like she starts like the. Yeah. 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 <laughs> then before you know it, they're they're properly freestyling. Yeah, it gets uh, like pitch perfect sort of acapella stuff going on at one point. <laughs> going but, to uh... sweet child of mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, so. Um, what's his name? He finishes his business, and like any, immediate any regret, cheating man in that situation, turns around and runs away. Um. <laughs> yeah, he, he says, "He's like, oh, I've got to get out of here. This has got weird." <laughs> he, he runs out. He's he doesn't realize he's not. It's not his tackle is out, and then he realizes that they are, and he tries to hide him. So here's a weird thing. So he runs into 
he finds Dave's whatever his name is leg poking out of the ground. So someone's planted yeah, him like they a planted him like a, a seed, like an upside down tree. And, and then yeah. he goes into this room to find uh, the other end. I guess. Lad. Yeah. So they've done what's called a blood eagle, which is a where they, which I think is a Norse thing, where they sort of separate the ribs on the, from the spine and then pull the lungs through the rib through the back and it sort of looked like wings. It's weird because it looks like they're breathing still. So I was like, is he actually meant to be still alive? Is he still alive in the, in the chicken house? Because there are chunks over the floor, right? Yeah, they spatchcocked him in the chicken house. Yeah. Oh, it did seem like he's still alive. I, I was kind of... There's a great, there's quite a good scene here, of, quite a good moment here where Christian sort of like tries to look at him dead in the eyes. He's got flowers for eyes. Yeah. yeah. And, and then as he kind of like looks up, there's a guy ready to, to blow some bloody dust in his face. Yeah, Jim Broadbent's <laughs> right there and he's like... <laughs> Geez, if I have one more type of drugs today, I'm probably going to get paralysed. And then what should happen? <laughs> and then, lo and behold, there we go. And then it's kind of revealed, you know, what the cult have been doing. That there's the conclusion of the ritual. They had nine human sacrifices, so four of which were outsiders, who were Josh, Mark, Connie, and Simon. Four cult members, who were like the two elders who jumped off the cliff, and then two living volunteers. Um, one who's like Ingmar and, and another guy who decides. And then they've literally got a lottery system. Yeah. The final <laughs> they've literally got a bingo machine, haven't they? It's like yeah. two little ducks. Yeah. And so there's one you guy. You are fucked. A random, villager, <laughs> yeah. a random villager. And then we've got Christian, who's in a little a little wheelchair, all paralysed. And it's like, basically, it's this random villager, or it's Christian. And the person who has to choose is Danny. And obviously, even though we don't see her make the decision... We're made to think because she's finally had enough of his shit. Yeah. Yeah. The countdown clock comes on. It's right, 30 seconds. You can choose yeah. who you want to murder. The boyfriend who did it. Did it's it. pretty bad. Did it. Yeah. Did it. All right. We'll make it easier for Pencils you. Pencils down. Choose you want yeah. to, don't, don't choose who you want to murder. Choose who you want to murder the least. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll do the, we'll do the <laughs> detail. Yeah, so as you say, we don't see her make a choice, but the next thing we see is um, the return of the bear that we saw earlier on. Uh, the bear is dead now. Um, uh, who knows how it died off screen, but the bear is dead and they are skinning the bear so they can put Christian's paralyzed body into the bear so we can represent the the beast. I guess that's like, yeah. you know. Um, they even like call him, you big beastie prick. You yeah. are such a dick. <laughs> so he gets sort of thrown into the bear costume, all while yeah. having this look on his face where he's like, fucking hell! Because he can still do his eye acting even though he's paralysed. So yeah. um, he's looking around, thrown into a bear outfit. Because of the way the bear outfit looks, I did get um, sort of flashbacks to, oh, what was the... What was it Bo Selector where he had the bear? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, my penis is popped <laughs> yeah. It was basically identical to Nicolas Cage when he like it gets into that bear costume in The Wicker Man and, and knocks that woman out. Yeah, that woman out. Yeah. yeah, it reminded yeah. me of that. And yeah. obviously, we see all the various bodies who have been prepared in different ways. Um, what Mark, who was like uh, on a scarecrow body, like his uh, his face with, the, with a fool's hat on because he's been skinned and he's and he's yeah. the fool. Um, I assume that the body that was quite unrecognisable that was all like waterlogged and drowned that might have been Connie because it's the only one I can't account mm. for yeah he was there and then the elders who had sort of like branches coming out of them that was right was that one yeah yeah, yeah. were they just like to simp because they they cremated those guys maybe they just um, 
Oh yeah. Oh, right. Maybe <laughs> I I I know that the two bodies that they sell the two people that have already been offered. Maybe that's just some type of symbolic thing they use to symbolise those people. We see those guys get cremated, but yeah. they died, so that's fine. The, the volunteers just kind of sit in there as well, and it's inside the, it's inside the temple, the triangular yellow temple, and the, there's like hay bales which are kind of like in this sort of truck. What what shape is that? Sort of like this figure eight sort of thing. And then they just all get burnt alive. and Which is what you kind of expect in this kind of film. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely yeah. what you kind of expect. This is like the penultimate moment which you kind of knew it was going to be built into something like this. And yeah. yeah. So here's where I, I was like, so they do this share that as Ingmar and the other guy who aren't paralyzed, they're burning and they're screaming because they're like in terrible, terrible agony. And everyone outside looking on is like doing the, ah, we feel your pain. We're sharing your pain sort of yeah. thing. Bingy starts to do it as well for a little bit, Danny. But then she yeah. stops and she's the only one who isn't doing it. And it makes me feel like she's kind of disproving the their religion in a way by by not sharing the pain. She has a little smile a... at the end though. Maybe she just thinks like, because they sort of recognise when she becomes the queen. She's like, oh, you're one of the family now. So yeah. are we to assume that she's going to hang out with them and live there now? There's, um, there's a final shot of like Christian's burnt face it's like half melted it's quite an eerie yeah. image so i don't think i'm gonna forget anytime soon a great a great shot is when the temple's on fire and we sort of see danny sort of like stumbling around crying and screaming yeah with this huge flower heavy flower dress <laughs> yeah on it i think that's i mean that was pretty it's like she fell into like a shrubbery and then just couldn't yeah. get out and he's just... I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah uh but it's a pretty effective ending i think it's good i mean yeah. even though Did we you... sort of know what you've seen it before, but still. That's what I was gonna say. Like with the with the ending, how soon into the film did you guys sort of think, okay, this is where it's gonna end. She's gonna end up um I kinda of knew from the, from the only the start, to be honest. Yeah, I, I kind of figured from the get go. I wasn't sure where it was gonna go, but I don't know if it went anywhere that really surprised me that much. That's not to say I think it was a predictable film. <laughs> It just didn't really go places that perhaps I expected it to. Like, so I think for me, it was a really good film. It's almost almost a perfect film for me because I think visually, stylistically, performance-wise, music-wise, it all it ticks all the boxes. But I just think there's something holding it back for me that it never quite got to somewhere. I mean, it, it was really disturbing, but it never quite got somewhere that really, yeah. really did shock me. So I will and say, that, uh, Hereditary. It's difficult not to compare the two in a way. Hereditary really had some twists in it. Like you did not know where that film was going. Most after like the first twenty minutes, you were like, "Okay, all bets are off." I don't know what where this is going now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, this is great. I mean, it, I think it was just it was the horror of the inevitable. Like you sort of knew it was going to happen. It's just how is it going to play out? Yeah, I I, I was of two minds as to what was going to happen to. Danny, whether she would also be sacrificed because I didn't yeah, see yeah. where they, they mentioned the May Queens, you know, the people who are, have been chosen, and we don't see many of the old ones knocking about with their sashes still. Does this mean now she's going to stay there? She find, does she feel like this is her new family or something? She feels like she's got a place. She's got no Christian to worry about. She's got no family. Yeah. She's going to stay there now. I think she'll know? stay. Yeah. That's what I assume to happen. I trust these people. You'd be like, yeah, I'm the May Queen, but please don't, don't, don't sacrifice me. Yeah. No, you're the May Queen. 
Yeah, but don't just don't please. Well, they will eventually <laughs> when she has to jump off the cliff. Yeah, when you're 71, you'll have to yeah. jump off. Yeah. Or if your name comes up in the lottery and you aren't up but against someone who's a terrible boyfriend. That's every 90 years, though, isn't it? So that's. Oh, you'll be all right then. That. Yeah. Uh, that's so, only every 90 years. That's all right. Yeah. Did you stay for the post-credit sequence where Nick Fury turns up and says, <laughs> "To recruit the May Queen for the new Avengers"? Yeah, it's. Um... By the way, we're gonna one more question. Did anybody walk out of your screening? I guess Ben, they must have walked out before the film even started. But Andy, your do you have any walkouts? Because we had two people walk out after Did you? The, after the initial uh, nuts at Street, whatever you call it, where the two people jumped off the thing. I think they were like, "No, nah, this is too gory," and these two older women just walked out. No, there we didn't people, have any. There were some people sat behind me who there was a guy and he kind of he was huffing a bit like throughout it. Yeah, it was like he just he wasn't enjoying it and I he could, was like, yeah. <sighs> I could I mean? tell it, it, some people it wasn't made for everyone, was it? This film. It's the same as Hereditary, really. Like again, it's going to be another film that's kind of marketed as being a, a, not a traditional horror, but something that leans heavily on like modern yeah. horror trope, and people are going to be thinking, "Oh, I can't wait to see that's going to be terrifying," and then you know it's not. It's not that. It's a diff- completely different. It's a very visceral horror experience, isn't it? Like harkening back to what you were saying earlier on and the uh, the horror news. I think when you sell a film and you market a film as being shocking and you say that mm. people are going to walk out, then I think some of your audience will go expecting a saw, like a torture yeah. horror, yeah. intense gore type of thing, or maybe an exorcist, something that's you know, deeply controversially disturbing for what is of the time. Um, I, I'm torn between people walking out because I think some of the horror is delivered in quite a sustained way. I think it could be triggering for people who have, um, you know, if you have sort of grief or, or mental health or a loss in family, that could mm. be extremely like upsetting for some people. So or I would a imagine a boyfriend who kind of wants to break up with you. If you've got a gaslighting boyfriend who's yeah. always saying, it's just, oh, you asked me a question. Well, now I feel bad, so I guess <laughs> I'll just go and leave I you alone in the house. It's just like an uncomfortable watch for a, yeah. a lot of different reasons. It's uncomfortable because it kind of approaches things in a way which are perhaps, it's just like, it's, it, I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but it approaches things in a way which makes this film just a really difficult a difficult watch, a difficult. Yeah. It's, it's all, yeah. It hits you over the head with things in a way where you really got to like approach them in a. Yeah, if yeah. you don't jump off yeah. the thing properly, that's what um got uh, not so much for me. But I was kind of sat with Karen, my wife, in the cinema watching her watch it, mm. and Karen doesn't really like um anything that's like extreme gore or torture or anything like that. So as we were getting towards the scene where people were about to jump off. She, you know, consciously made the decision to look away as they yeah. were jumping. And the same again when people approach the old man with the with the hammer. She kind of, you know, watched it through her hands or whatever. And I think it can be quite shocking because there are bits later on where we didn't talk about it because it's a minor scene, but Danny has like a nightmare. And yeah. in that nightmare, it flashes to the man getting his head smashed again. And it is yeah. so quick that you would not be able to look away. And she visibly like recoiled when and it so realistic. came so up. Yeah. We look really realistic. The way his head sealed back together. Yeah, it's pretty pretty gruesome. Uh, I've got some, some... Tri- trivia, by the way. It's, well, not really. <laughs> because uh, this film doesn't have any trivia. It's too new. And I don't know enough about it. So I've gone for like a Norway. The trivia is Norway or Yes Way. So is this Very a true fact about Norway? 
Uh, or... Is that in Norway or, Swe- or Sweden? I've, I've, is this already the Norway? I thought it was Norwegian. Is it not Norwegian? It's Swedish, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> so you said that a couple of times. I was a bit. I, I was. I couldn't sure if I was getting it. It's right Swedish. Or... Oh, yeah, yeah, I've said. I've said both during this. During this I know film. why I've gone for Norway. It's because I was talking to a Norwegian guy yesterday, and I've just assumed. <laughs> just means, well, this is a this is a Norway based trivia. So you're just going to assume that the. Let's do some Norway based trivia. Just just because okay. you love Norway, that's literally yeah, the yeah. reason. So it's Norway or yes way. Very right. good. Number one. The Nor in Northern Lights is short for Norway. <laughs> I'm going to go with Norway. Norway. <laughs> That's true. It's actually short for Nox. Number two. <laughs> Norway supplies London with a Christmas tree every year. Um, true. That is yes way. Yes way. True. That's uh, yes way. Uh, number three. Uh, Norway introduced salmon sushi to the Japanese. Um, Norway, yes. I reckon they worked it out themselves. Yes way. It is yes way. Yes way, very yes good. Way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well you know, I've got uh, three places in Norway. Uh, one of them is not real. Okay, so say say immediately to yes way or Norway. Lofoten. Yes way. Han Solo. Norway. <laughs> Plum's Banner. Yes way. Yes way. <laughs> no, you got them all right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You saw through my hand solo one, but I thought that's good. I was gonna try and pronounce it as Hanslow, but I thought that's uh... too sneaky. Too sneaky. Uh number five. Is this a real Norwegian insult? Drari pa hestuk hestkuk. My mother yes was way. a saint, how dare you? Um <laughs> yes way. Okay, yeah. A bonus if you can sort of guess what it means. I'll say it again. Dra ari pa i hest cook. Hest cook. You're such a shit cook, you twat. Close. Um, you're a cocksucker. Uh, <laughs> go and ride on a horse cock. Oh, you see, I got the cock in there. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Well done. Much Andy. like Christian when he's been full of drugs. <laughs> I got the cock in there. Well, let's go <laughs> Mate, you know, I mean, you can't argue with that. Have you got any Swedish based trivia, Luke? I'm joking, I'm joking. Fred, not. Uh, <laughs> Swee, yes, or Swee, false. <laughs> Swee, den, or Swee, don't. <coughs> Swee, den, or Swee, don't. <laughs> um, okay, got to review the film. I'd be interested to know, Ben, which one you preferred, uh, Hereditary or. Um... Um, I, I, I preferred Hereditary, I would say. Definitely. Mm. Um, I need to give it another watch, I think, because I've only seen it once. So it'd be nice to watch it again. <clears throat> I think I've said all I need to say on, on this. I've said a lot. But I think I would go as far to give it an A-, minus, which I think is my highest rate rating for a little while on the Horror Hangout mm. podcast. What about you, Andy? How do you um, rate it against Hereditary? <laughs> uh, against Hereditary, it's definitely my favourite of the two I've seen so far. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> um, I do like the name Pyman though, so maybe when I've watched it, I might feel differently. But um, maybe I'll decellophane that DVD at some point. It's ten o'clock; it'd be a rogue time to start a film. But <laughs> yeah, um, be, especially a film of that magnitude, so yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no time to watch an episode of Pokemon to give myself no nightmares. Um, I'm going to go for 
on this one, this falls into the category of films that I think are incredibly, incredibly well made. Um, are, you know, undoubtedly very, very skillfully done, very, very impactful, like excellent for the, the works. But I don't think I'll be able to watch it that often. I don't think I'll watch sure. it again for a long time. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah, I can but... sit down and oh, do you fancy a you know you got your friends around? Do you fancy a horror movie? Let's sit and watch Midsummer. So it's it's a tough it's a tough one to watch, which speaks to how well it is made. I'm going to go with a B plus for the exact same reasons you said. I'm going with a B plus as well. Um, I I think Hereditary. I'd, I I can could kind of imagine putting that on. At sort of at a party or something. It's got more of the, uh, I don't know. It's 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 got more sort of oomph to it, I guess. It's got more of like a, a pace to it. Whereas this one, it's a bit of um, it's a bit of a slog, but not. In a, I mean, that's sort of intentional, uh, and it does sort of work. But it's it's very very slow moving. Um, you couldn't put this on if you were like even slightly tired, because you would you would be knocked out at some point. This is uh, an eight start. Yeah. My rating is kind of more for the like the filmmaking prowess. I think that Ari Aster is sort of yeah, it's insanely good, like unbelievable. Like, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, even though I give it a high rating, I don't think I can watch it again anytime soon. Maybe yeah. like in a year, I wouldn't want to watch it again. But for the same reason, I've not watched Hereditary again. I think is one of those experiences that it's yeah. not. It's it's a meal you sit down to and enjoy and appreciate every yeah. little element of. Oh, that's delicious. That bit. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Oh, it's so. Rich, it's, too, it's very, very but rich. This film, it's rich, yeah. so you don't want it every weekend. You know? No, no, like you, you wouldn't have a Christmas dinner. Well, I don't, mate, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I tell you what, though, I'm incredibly interested to see the third film in the Old and Naked trilogy. Like, it feels like I'm just excited to see whatever he does next. Predictions now, guys. So, we've had um, demons, we've had folk horror. What, no announcements of the new one yet, as far as I'm aware. What do you reckon, theme-wise? You know, I was going to, I was going to say something that might even be quite spoilery for Hereditary, but if she's not seen it, um, it might be difficult to because there's definitely thematic links between yeah, the yeah. two, like massive, quite yeah. massive. Yeah. Um, Maybe like a, a remake of Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Considering what the way the third act goes with the with the cult. <laughs> Maybe just like a, a really horrible horror version of Hot Fuzz. No laughs at all. Still starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yeah. Same, absolutely same cast. Shot for shot remake, except dark. Yeah. yeah. No jokes. It's just bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> bolognese, Andy! Yeah. Okay, so um, this is going to be over two hours long now, so we'll wrap it up pretty quick. Uh, the show is brought to you by Hawk Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com. Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Camera for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving us a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, thanks to the people in the Facebook group, Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Come check us out. Uh, thanks to my co host, Ben, for being a right horror dude, but also thanks to Andy for being a right horror dude. I don't know what we're doing next week. Well, actually, we're off next week because I'm in the Norfolk Broads. So, whatever we're doing after that, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll decide. Maybe we'll go back to the IGN list. Maybe watch something special. Yeah, we'll work out. Yeah, and we're going to get our people together to uh, work out a uh, work out the twenty four hour marathon, right? Yeah, yeah. True. We need to do that and get our secretaries to phone each other. 
and possibly another quiz episode. So oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm working on it. The guys are revising. I told you, right? You guys have got to get on it. Got a reputation to uphold. We'll do it on a night. <laughs> I'm going to start re- revising for all the Norway questions. Right. Yeah. On that note. See you later, guys. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.